0: I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I feel like Whoppers are the jelly beans of the chocolate world.
1: No. God damn!
0: Yeah, put that in your ear. The majority of the population isn't really looking for a jelly bean or a Whopper. It's like you acquire it. In fact, I think the only thing worse than a Whopper... Not to say that they're terrible because I know that you love them. First
1: of all, yeah, they are delightful.
0: Okay, but those fucking chocolate Easter eggs you get on Easter that are like hard shell around it.
1: Ew. And the heart, oh, they're like the speckled ones. About. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the hard shell is
0: like the, way like, too thick.
1: Candy coated.
0: Yeah. Chocolate. Cause we're all spoiled with like the perfect candy coating
1: of an M&M. Yeah. But also I would completely disagree because you're sitting over here like an Almond Joys and Mounds and that's just oh, Satan's food. Those are
0: so good.
1: No, no, they're not.
0: That's just cause you don't like coconut though.
1: Or nuts. <laughs> that's.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man. There it is again. But that 12 year old <laughs> humor. <laughs> I can't help it.
0: But they're almonds. Those are good nuts. I mean. Solid nut.
1: I'll eat an almond, but I don't want an almond in my candy. Oh,
0: I'll fucking eat an almond in my candy. You know what's better than almonds, though?
1: macadamia nuts
0: no i fucking hate macadamia nuts get out of here with that i have
1: chocolate covered macadamia nuts on my desk right now and they're so good. from hawaii
0: the ones that everybody always brings back from hawaii
1: and they taste like
0: fucking plastic
1: no they don't they're actually pretty good
0: i think i just really don't like macadamia nuts
1: apparently i also like cashews
0: (laughs) cashews i don't like cashews either
1: you don't like cashews they taste like like, like the sweet nuts
0: they taste like oil sweet they're sweet
1: nuts I don't know. It tastes sweet to me, doesn't it?
0: Mm, you know what I love is pecans. <laughs> that's a solid nut. Am I just like a 90-year-old woman? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, give me a bag of pecans and walnuts, yeah, and I'm your, good to go. Your
1: pecan pies. Oh, I
0: fucking love pecan pie.
1: I've never been a fan of pecan pie.
0: Well, that's because you're a loser and you like Whoppers. <laughs> uh god make sure you guys stick around for the end of the episode too because we are going to announce the winner of the creepy crate contest (laughs) creepy and you don't want to miss that and thank you all for participating and leaving reviews you guys are fucking awesome yeah you are all right give me your goddamn
1: let's hear it it's those goddamn fires man
0: oh shit those are real those are scary
1: those are super scary have you seen the um yep okay yep good I talk have, i have i've seen the videos of the people like driving out of it and i've seen the video of the guy finding his friends oh i didn't see that oh it's awful they're skeletons
0: it. <gasps> it was really bad oh my god It was so sad. about this yeah i don't want to watch that
1: yeah i mean i knew what i was getting into
0: when you did when it. i clicked
1: it did but... he record it yeah oh. he, he he recorded it and he was like he went up to a car and he's like this is my friend my friend is cripple and his oh. mom was driving him out, and he called them to, like, you guys need to evacuate, and he said that his the mom was like, oh, I have to put on my makeup first. Oh, no. Like, she didn't know that it was going to no. hit that fast. Nobody knew, because there were, like, four cars there. I mean, it wasn't just that. Oh, but my God. Then he, like, videoed inside the cars, and there was his friend is a skeleton and oh my his mom just to recap for listeners if
0: they don't know all the fucking california is on fire and some people are dying even trying to escape from the fire in their cars because they There's get overtaken
1: like 58 people that are confirmed dead right now I know. like Isn't at this point crazy? yeah also this is recorded two weeks out so yeah. this might hopefully have been all contained by now
0: yeah, that's fucking awful. When I heard that people were dying trying to escape in their car, I was like, "Dear God, that's when you're supposed to be safe." Like, yeah, oh, the firefighters will keep the fire back.
1: Yeah. Ugh. I've seen too many videos of, like, people driving on the freeway where it's, like, it hopped over the freeway. Yeah. So the freeway is technically clear, but it's on fire on both sides of them. Yeah. That's so fucking scary. I was going
0: to ask if you saw the one where the helicopter comes and drops the water while people... Like, cars are... The the freeway is, like, packed. Yeah. And the fire is right there. And the, like, helicopter comes and drops the water right on the freeway, basically, to keep it from, like, Catching. jumping over.
1: God. How scary.
0: That'd be terrifying. Ugh. And it's like, you know, those cars got just drenched then.
1: Yeah. But like, and fuck, you don't man. really know that's coming. Like, because fires are yeah. really loud, too. Or you don't so know what they're doing either. Like, yeah. Fuck, like, the
0: helicopter's close. <laughs>
1: yeah. You might have heard the helicopter, and then your car gets dumped on with water. That's terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So that's, um, that's.
0: I've been purposefully and like selfishly not digging too much into that. Because it's so sad.
1: I haven't dug too much. Well, I've looked at a lot of pictures. Yeah, you watched a video. You dug. I I did dig a bit. I watched a couple videos. They're real scary. Yeah, I don't want to put that in my head. My other one... Is that I burned my coffee. (laughs) Just now. And I didn't know that that was possible. (laughs) That is a travesty. You just press a button though. (laughs) Did you leave it on for a long time? No. Not really. Like maybe 10 minutes. But I leave it on all the time. I leave it on until it turns off. And I continually get like coffee or cups from it. Yeah.
0: So I don't know how. Look, I don't know why it's burned. I didn't know that you could burn it either until my dad told me. And I always thought he was crazy. But you're kind of confirming it.
1: Yeah. Yeah um well stacy what are your goddams or just one yeah i just want to have more than one. i didn't overachieve like you asshole (laughs) okay
0: so mine is in reference to my work bathroom Uh (laughs) uh-oh this might be tmi but it's happening so in the women's bathroom at my work particularly but also just like in the world in general
1: women are filthy
0: fucking animals well yeah that's true but if you walk into the bathroom. And someone is sitting there and they're totally silent and not making a noise and not doing anything. Oh, they're totally pooping and waiting for you to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So then as your role, is the person who just walked into that bathroom... You now have to, like, your main goal in life is, like, okay, I'm going to piss. I'm going to get the fuck out of here so this person can shit their brains out, right? Yeah, like, yeah. all right, I know what's happening here. Yeah, and, and or the, make
1: as much noise as possible.
0: Yeah, like, so that they're, like. The like
1: fucking hand dryer. Flush yeah. your toilet a lot. Yeah, washing my hands. Yeah. La, 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 la. Wash yeah. my hands. Do what you got to do. And turn and on you're... the faucet when you walk in and then go into the stall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just let it happen. Yeah. And if you're the pooper, then your main goal in life, the moment you hear somebody come in, is to sit totally still, pretend you're not there, even though the pr- other person can see, like, your shoes. And Basically at work, try
1: not to breathe, yes,
0: you're at work, and so you know that person sees your shoes, and it's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. Stacy's in the stall taking a poop." Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody knows what's happening, but nice you just, shoes you just don't address it, and you just sit very quietly and you wait for them to leave, and if you have to poop while they're in there, then you push the flush button to make it all go away. And everything's great and happy, hunky-dory, right? Yep. Well, this week, I walk into the bathroom and I find myself to be the intruder in this scenario. <laughs> Uh (laughs) Where somebody has staked their claim and they are in like the big handicap stall towards the end. So they're gonna They've settled in. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah, They're they're there for the
0: day. (laughs) Yeah. They made a decision when they walked in there. And when I first came in, the person was like really quiet and they're so far down. I'm not doing the shoe check. I don't really give a shit. What's going on in there? I just got to piss and I got to get out. Also, I
1: don't care if Karen has to poop. Yeah. No one gives a (laughs) fuck.
0: And it's just like this unspoken code. Like everybody knows who was pooping. Yeah. But you just don't say anything because we all poop. Everybody poops. So I go in and I'm peeing and midstream, I hear fucking full-on goddamn episode of The Ellen Show start to play in the bathroom. What? <laughs> <laughs> like that person who set up camp was also like, I brought my phone and I'm watching TV, daytime television right now. <laughs> and so what? it was like... Did a- she
1: think that you left?
0: No, no, no there was no mistaking that i was peeing i used a lot of toilet paper so it's like <laughs> rip. you know like there's no mistaking somebody else is in that goddamn yeah. bathroom full episode ellen show oh my god going after it right
1: like at least bring headphones if you're if that's what you're about you know right?
0: like not even some earbuds this was your plan what <laughs> the fuck and so i kind of like took my time because i was like is this just a clip or is this like the full episode. It was the full episode. It wasn't just like and here's Johnny and then like they start the interview it's like she comes out she's dancing there's music she's high-fiving she starts a little bit I'm like this is a goddamn full episode oh my god and so I leave the bathroom and I'm kind of pissed I'm like goddamn man like that is so rude anytime somebody plays their fucking phone out loud it annoys me instantly because oh, yeah. I'm I hate like it. yeah I'm not here to hear
1: your shit right yeah. Yeah. I don't care about your music choices fucking get the
0: fuck Darren. away are you playing candy crush that's fucking cute like goddamn five years ago turn, turn that the goddamn shit down. sound
1: off yeah yeah I don't need
0: to hear that shit flashbacks of like hours on the couch on a Saturday playing Candy Crush <laughs>
1: right <laughs> anyway Brandon, wait Brandon will fucking have his like noise canceling headphones on be looking at his computer screen like I'm playing my video games and then play mute or videos on his phone full volume while I'm trying to watch tv or whatever oh like, my
0: god that is so
1: rude people are being murdered right now and you're just playing this goddamn video <laughs> you're playing the goat or whatever <laughs> like do you need the sound you have noise canceling headphones on Jesus Christ with something else playing like turn the sound on i oh, just don't watch murder. It. i'd murder yeah. so at
0: first i was super fucking annoyed and by the time i got back to my office i was like you know what girl you get it God damn, that's <laughs> what you want to listen to you're like i'm taking a shit i don't give a fuck who knows i know the protocol is that i i'm to be quiet and sit here like i don't exist but fuck you i'm watching ellen
1: <laughs> yeah i guess she had a she had a plan maybe she wasn't actually pooping maybe she was just like i'm on break <laughs> i'm gonna watch <laughs>
0: ellen in the bathroom yeah what a terrible place to do that maybe at. she doesn't have a car maybe but i mean and she just wanted to escape her office mate i don't i'm not buying it she was totally taking a shit
1: yeah i mean two birds you know she was like yeah she was like
0: <laughs> waiting for the next wave to come
1: oh you know ugh, when you're like i'm not yeah. done
0: here but nothing's happening
1: there's no point in wasting toilet paper i'm gonna wait <laughs> <laughs> oh gross well stacy whose yes, turn Aaron? is it to go first
0: i think it's my turn to go first all right do you
1: yes i okay. concur
0: Lay it on me. So my case today is especially intriguing to me because my cousin, who is a true crime fan as well, Mm -hmm. Emily, she listens to podcasts religiously. And she had suggested when she heard I was doing this, she was helping me like come up with some cases to do some like lesser known cases. Did she listen? I think so. Nice. But anyway, so she gave me like this long list of shit that happened in Pueblo, Colorado, which is where she's from, or where she lived for a while. And on the list is the case that I'm going to share with you today. What's really interesting about it is everything that I would like Google on it, I couldn't find much of. It was just like the initial, you know, reports like, oh, this crazy thing happened. Yeah, And then here's what happened to the person who did this crazy thing. So I actually had to read a book for this one. What? Like I read a full book and I made a goddamn book report.
1: (laughs) I'm ready. So I
0: got the deets and I know they're right. When did you find the time to read a goddamn book? At nighttime because I love reading. And even though I became a mom and stopped reading, you know, as soon as you pick up a book, you suddenly make time for it. Yeah. That's what happened. Well, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. So this happens in Pueblo, Colorado at st leander's catholic church and rectory 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 all right which i had to look this up i didn't i don't come from a super religious background so i didn't know that that's where like the priest lives or could oh. live and it's usually on like the church property yeah august 7th in the early morning slash afternoon time frame father sheets who was one of two of the priests who worked at the church i don't know mm-hmm. practiced yeah. at the church what do they do um preached okay he was working at the church's office this particular August day, and he was working on the computer and putting in the numbers for the proceeds that he just received from some event the church had just had. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had spoken to two of his fellow co-workers that were in the office as well, talking about how excited he was to like put these figures in. Like this was his goal for the day. Yeah. Side note, what year did this happen? This happened in 1996. Okay. It should be noted that Father Sheets was like 70-ish. So mm-hmm. noon rolls around and the two workers are like, I'm going on break. They use the church's um, answering service to clock out. I don't know what that means. If it's like a recording that says
1: Stacy's on break at noon. Oh, I'll bet that's what it is. Okay. Or they like set up a voicemail like they'll return in 30 minutes or whatever it is. Oh,
0: Maybe okay so both of the women return at one so they took an hour lunch break and father sheets was no longer in the office but the computer was left on so they had just assumed that he had gone home for a nap Uh (laughs) uh-huh it's just like that's normal for a 70 year old person dude i need to be a fucking priest yeah right (laughs) this sounds legit okay also another thing i mean he could have been like taking lunch it was lunchtime
1: all right yeah everybody's got to eat exactly so father sheets
0: actually never ends up returning to the office that day and the two coworkers, they decide to go home at the end of the day and they clock out using that answering service again. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. When they call, they notice that the line is busy, so they can't call out. And I guess there oh. was only one phone line for the church and for the rectory. Uh huh. So somebody is using the line at three o'clock.
1: The church and the rectory? Yeah. That's weird. But I know, right.
0: isn't it? But I guess it isn't that weird because like, you know, like if you had a phone in your room, it would be the same line as the phone in the kitchen.
1: All right, So they couldn't clock out. Do they have to, like, go find the phone then? No, they just left. <laughs> I was just like, ah, oh, I'll write it on the yeah. time card
0: next time. I'll remember. I'm honest. Yeah. Earlier in the day, both of the co workers also saw the second priest who worked at the church
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, alongside Father Sheets. His name is Father Stovic. And they saw him come in and pick up the mail, but they never saw him again for the rest of the day. Okay. So ba- both Father Stovic and Father Sheets lived in the rectory together. Like, it had a couple rooms or whatever, and they co- cohabited there. Mm-hmm. And Father Stovic was younger than Father Sheets and was, like, a different kind of priest in that, like, Father Sheets was super traditional. Okay. And Father Stovic was less so. Like, I guess he used to wear, like, leather jackets and biker boots, and he would walk around and talk to anyone in the community. All right. He was very giving. He would, like, pull chunks of money out of his pocket and give it to a homeless person, no problem. Some people actually kind of faulted him for being so giving because they thought that he was attracting the wrong kind of people to the church.
1: I thought you couldn't attract the wrong type of people to churches. Aren't those the people that you should be trying to like help save?
0: Yeah. At 615, a retired priest and friend of Father Sheet's Comes over to the rectory because he noticed that Father Sheets had missed a dinner engagement they had for that day. Mm-hmm. He didn't show up, and it was really unlike him. It was for, like, charity or something, like a, Mac- a Ronald McDonald house charity or something like that. Yeah. And so it was a pretty big event, and he missed it, and he thought, that's odd, so I'll go check on him. So he goes to the rectory, and he was not prepared for what he was about to find.
1: What did he find? In
0: separate rooms of the rectory, he found the bloody bodies of both Father Sheets <gasps> and Father Stovic. Both? he immediately dials 911 and explains he found the two bodies and lots of blood all throughout the rectory. Yes, both, isn't that sad? Yeah. So the dispatcher hears that Father Powers is all worked up and like, you know, he's kind of like hysterical on the phone call, and yeah. so he tells him, "You need to step outside and wait for the deputies to arrive." So he does that, and he goes outside. The officers arrive, and Father Powers explains to the officers exactly what he told the 911 dispatcher and he also further explains that he found one of the bodies face down and one of the bodies on its side and he admitted that he had turned over one of the bodies that had less blood around it to see if the priest was still living yeah because the one that had blood everywhere was like obvious that he was dead
1: oh that's so sad yeah
0: so he like rolled him over and when he rolled him over he noticed that the priest had been hit in the forehead with like a blunt object ooh <sighs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. So the officers immediately tape off the, the rectory and the church, and they start processing the crime scene. The three lead detectives began walking through the rectory so that they can, like, figure out what took place here. And they noted that on the dining room table, there was a plate with an untouched sandwich and potato chips and a drink containing purple liquid. fucking bomb ass lunch (laughs) it
1: does sound like a really good lunch i don't
0: know what kind of sandwich it was and i'm sure the purple drink was like grape kool-aid i was totally thinking grape (laughs) kool-aid that's the best kind like 97 that was the year for kool-aid oh yeah 90s was like the decade for kool-aid yeah yeah didn't they have color changing kool-aid where it would be green in the package and then it turned red when it got wet yeah that was my fucking dream which for no reason yeah. <laughs> yeah like unless you're making it like yes. the two seconds of pleasure but if mom
1: made it like yeah
0: <laughs> i have a kool-aid mug that i every time i'd go to my grandpa's house i'd drink out of and it was like a white kool-aid mug and it's the shape of the kool-aid man Ooh, and then uh or, like you know the oh yeah picture yeah. guy yeah and then when it got <laughs> cold it would change colors would it go red i think it was red i don't really remember it was like oh. broken by the time i ever got it you know or just stayed white yeah yeah And you're like this <laughs> is my cool mug You just have like a white picture of the Kool-Aid man. I still have it. I know what it means. And it's special to me. It sounds special. I would want it. If I saw that at the thrift store now, I would get it. I would too, man. Shit's legit. But you ain't going to see it because it's mine. (laughs) Okay so obviously this meal had been laid out for lunch right Mm -hmm. so behind the table wait any bites taken nothing no it was everything was untouched pristine like he was in the middle of making lunch when this shit went
1: down was it on the table yeah like he was about to sit down and eat it it was on the dining room table oh and then someone knocked i'm assuming i'm assuming as
0: well so set
1: down my kool-aid yeah i
0: don't want to spill this (laughs) I don't want anyone to see that I'm an older gentleman drinking
1: Kool-Aid. <laughs> Something's got to keep that heart pumping. <laughs>
0: Go on. So behind the table lay Father Sheets, and he was face down in black jeans and a shirt and athletic shoes. So it was Father Sheets, uh-huh. the older father who was making lunch. So he did come home to have lunch. Mm-hmm. His injuries could be seen on the back of his neck, and he had puncture wounds in his back. Oh, It's interesting to note that his wallet was halfway out of his right pocket, so it wasn't a robbery okay like literally somebody just busted in and murdered this guy that's sad the detectives continue into the hallway and they see that there's blood smeared all over the walls Mm. there was a phone stand in the hallway and it was off the hook and smeared with blood and that's the reason that the two office workers couldn't dial out at 3 p.m yeah and they clocked out because this phone was knocked off the hook
1: so sometime between one and three this happened or Um, noon and three yeah exactly in
0: the kitchen they found diluted blood drops in and around the sink like somebody had been cleaning up a bloody weapon or b- their bloody selves or something like yeah s- you know they got some blood wet <laughs> <laughs> at the sink <laughs> Okay, so as the detectives were leaving the kitchen, they enter into a hallway and they find a bloody footprint and smears of blood on the walls. Like, more blood. There's just basically fucking blood everywhere. And there was puddles of blood in the carpet. Off this hallway, there is an office. And on the floor of the office, they find Father Stovic, the younger one with the biker jacket guy. He's lying on his right side and his clothes are soaked with blood. Ugh. Next to the priest's head was a tiny wooden cross with a small hole in the top of it. But basically, blood fucking everywhere. So they search the house and look everywhere and there's no other victims and they don't find anyone hiding or anything. So they like come back outside and they're processing the scene and like they call in the blood drop specialist people to come pull prints and yeah, do all this shit. Yeah. They called Dexter. Yeah, exactly. They called Dexter. So Dexter comes. While they're waiting for Dexter, <laughs> the detectives notice that there's drops of blood on the front porch of the rectory, and the blood goes down the porch and then west onto a sidewalk.
1: Okay. So this guy's just taken off on foot?
0: This guy's just taking off on foot.
1: Or this gal, we don't know.
0: This little trail of blood along with the little cleanup sesh in the kitchen leads detectives to believe that the suspect was injured. And so yeah. he like trying to clean himself up and then drip blood everywhere as he escaped. So what the detectives do is they call the hospitals and they ask if anyone had come in to treat a stab wound or a slice wound, particularly on a hand and even more specifically on their right hand because they had found a blood print or a smear somewhere on the scene that looked like it had been made by the killer's right hand. Whoa. I don't know how the fuck they determined that. Yeah, I was going to say, how did they
1: know it was the killer versus, like, Stovic?
0: Maybe because they saw that they didn't have any wounds on their hands. Oh, okay. And it was like a handprint?
1: Yeah, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Even if he had just, like, touched the blood and then put it on the wall, like, if their hands aren't covered in blood, then the killers might be. Yeah,
0: perhaps. Whatever. However they determine this. They call the hospitals, and they're like, hey, has anybody been treated for this? And they don't find anything. But then the following morning, the detectives receive a call that a nurse had a patient in her office at that very moment who was being treated for lacerations on his hands. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And his name was Douglas Comiskey. Doug. duh, <laughs> okay all we need is a mic um so douglas arrived at the hospital at 8 45 a.m with his mom for treatment on his right hand where his mom comes in and claims he needs to be quote unquote stitched up immediately
1: his mom yeah
0: his mom <laughs> okay and how old is doug he's 19
1: <gasps> what an asshole yeah. Well, maybe not. I don't know.
0: You don't know. Let's see. Yeah. Let's un- uncover this little cookie.
1: Mhm. Is this some satanic bullshit going on? No.
0: <laughs> okay. So Douglas's hand was wrapped in a Kleenex and had dried blood on it. And the cut was deep across his ring and pinky fingers.
1: Okay. And
0: so the nurse is like, oh, shit. Like, how the hell did you get this? And he goes, I don't know. And oh, so she, you just
1: don't know how you got that? Yeah, and so you she don't know like, how you "Cut your fucking hand, so do right? you know need stitches?"
0: Yeah, fucking liar! What the
1: hell? What are you on drugs? Get out of here! Get out <laughs> Let of me haircut, see your pupils, you hippie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so then she's like, asks him again, like, "Okay, but really, what happened?" And he was like, "Oh, I slammed my hand in the door." And she's like, "What kind of door did you slam your, slam your hand in?" And he says, "A car door." And she goes, "Well, when did this happen?" And he said, it "Happened yesterday." And she's like, why the fuck would you wait so long? And also, this doesn't make any goddamn sense.
1: Yeah. Why the fuck would you wait so long? And also, you're a liar.
0: Yeah. Wait here for a minute. I'm going to get the doctor. And then she goes and calls the detectives. Or maybe not. She didn't have like a direct line to the detectives. (laughs) She calls the cops. And I guess the reason it tipped her off to call was because she had heard about it in the news because it like blew up overnight yeah everybody was talking about the murder of these two priests and she knew that they were looking for somebody with an injury on their hand yeah she saw this and then his reaction was odd so she was like "Mm, i'm gonna call them just in case smart lady yes thank goodness for her right yeah and also i feel like why didn't the mom suspect something like why wouldn't you ask like how the fuck did this happen and then when your kid says a car door you'd be like no but she didn't even ask that because he wasn't prepared to answer that question
1: maybe she was okay with like i don't know as an answer you know maybe she was just like oh fuck let's go yeah this kid always getting into trouble
0: so the detectives arrive at the hospital where douglas is being treated and they separate him and his mom to start interviewing them informally huh. but you know they're like what's going on here so they bring his mom into a private room and they ask her about her son's injury and she says that he says he slams it in the car door and she gets kind of agitated when they keep asking her, like, wh- like wh- how did this happen? What's going on? And then they eventually ask her, where does she live? And that's when she gets, like, really irritated. Spoiler alert, she lives right across the fucking street from the rectory.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Jesus.
0: So then, without prompting or anything, after she answers where she lives, she starts explaining that in November of 95, so the year prior, her son was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. And that he's been hallucinating and hearing voices and all this crazy shit. She just, like, dives into his medical history without okay. them ever asking.
1: Was she just building a defense for his trial? Oh,
0: oh, maybe, I'm sure, you know? Like, yeah. like she's starting to put the pieces together, and she's getting defense of herself. Like, yeah. Ugh. And she has to know they're looking for somebody with a wound on their hand
1: she has to know that they're like looking suspicious at this point oh
0: like. for fucking sure and if you don't know that detectives are suspicious if they're interviewing you <laughs> then you need a better brain so they ask her about her son's whereabouts the day before like when all yeah. this shit went down she says that he took her to work in her van and he had to use his van to go to a doctor's appointment at 10 o'clock that morning And that his doctor's appointment was from 10 to noon. And I guess it was like asthma treatment. Like he would go and get breathing treatments. Uh And then he had to come pick her up at work at two o'clock so that she could drive him back home. So she could go back to work in her car and eventually come home. So basically, this isn't like a normal thing that they do, but it's like he had an appointment that day and he needed the car. Yeah. Fucking logistical nightmare. Right. (laughs) So he picks her up from work at 2.04 is when she clocks out Mm -hmm. and she drops him off at home and she goes back to work.
1: And and she wasn't like, hey, how'd you get this giant cut on your hand?
0: Well she noticed at two o'clock that he had the bandage on his hand
1: mm-hmm.
0: it doesn't say if she asked her anything but i'm assuming based off of him not having an answer available for the nurse by saying i don't know that makes me think that she never asked yeah i don't know that for sure yeah. but the mom did know that he said that he got his hand stuck in a car door but also she could have just learned that in the room with, with the, the nurse, nurse. yeah
1: well i feel like if you have a, a shithead kid maybe that's like always getting into trouble or always hurting themselves and stuff and then they like constantly answer you with lies or i don't know there's got to be a point where you just kind of accept Check like out. whatever like well and also don't know. okay let's just go get stitches
0: yeah he's like paranoid schizophrenic so i'm sure dealing with that isn't a piece of cake that too so she might just be like what the fuck happened let's go take care of this yeah So the detectives then start interviewing Douglas, and they ask him if he knew anything about the murder since he lived so close, and he said no. He does say that he saw Father Sheets that day that they died, and that he saw him at 1230 when the priest had heard his confession for about like 10 to 15 minutes. Oh? So the detectives ask if he saw Father Stovic in the rectory too when he was having his confession heard, and he said yes.
1: Okay, so he's placing himself at the scene of the crime yeah, at he's the time a, of the crime. he's not a very
0: good sneaky murderer. Yeah. So the detectives talk to the doctor who treated Douglas, and the doctor is like, there's no fucking way that was from a car door slamming on your hand. That was caused by a sharp instrument like a knife yeah but they got like the medical sign off this guy's fucking lying yeah so during the interview the mom starts freaking the fuck out in the waiting room and just starts like running towards the room that they're talking to him in and she's yelling like no 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 tell me you didn't do it tell me you didn't do it like just started freaking the fuck out
1: oh my god
0: yeah so the detectives take both douglas and the mom to the station to like continue being interviewed because they're like All of this is pretty fucking fishy. Yeah. So Douglas's mom at the station explains that he'd been acting really strange lately. Like he'd been closing up the house. He hadn't had any friends over. He started lighting religious candles and lining up holy cards and wearing the rosary a lot. Like he had just like suddenly become super religious, which I guess was a little out of character, Mm -hmm. even though they attended the church regularly and they were active members of the church. It's like he just went fucking crazy and took it a little too far yeah and that the night of the murders he was talking a bunch without making any sense and he had like this scared expression on his face and she was afraid of him because in the past he had threatened to kill her oh god so she's like living with this guy and living in fear because he's like fucking schizophrenic and i guess he's like crazy schizophrenic yeah and that's her son yeah anyway so the detectives ask to search their home and his mom agrees that they can search the house but they cannot search his room without his permission okay and so they're like sweet let us in in the meantime they're also taking hair and blood samples from douglas and they take pictures of his hands and his right hand had five stitches in the ring finger and one in the pinky and also his left hand had a bite mark in the middle finger but he, they process all this. They start taking a shit and taking pictures and all this stuff. Yeah. While they're doing that, they notice that he has blood on his tennis shoes. So the dude oh is like God. wearing his murder outfit.
1: <laughs> well, listen. What if he only had one pair? Were they white? It was the 90s, probably.
0: Yeah, for sure. They were like Nikes or some shit. Sketchers. When they're searching Douglas's home, they find blood leading to the laundry room where they find a dark shirt and jeans that looked to be washed and they were still in the washer and there were blood drops all over the place and some of them were smeared like it looked like they had been cleaned up or tried to be cleaned up and there was blood drops in the kitchen and in the living room the
1: mom doesn't the your two and fucking notice this
0: right maybe they're like little blood drops but still no i can't even imagine little blood drops
1: and I there was like I blood would notice though i'd be like I would too. who spilled the fucking blood brown <laughs> shit in this trail going to our laundry well,
0: it room It hadn't even been 24 hours so it wasn't even that brown i'm sure it was probably still bright red yeah and it was like on the couch and stuff and there was a bunch of it at the front door like he had been standing at the front door for a while and dripping blood everywhere god that's terrifying so they also investigate the van like they look in the van that he was in and there's blood all over the van and all over the keys and everything so this guy had been in the van and in the house and had been bleeding a lot with this wound uh-huh so they searched the roof of the house and they find a knife which had been tossed in an attempt to hide obviously onto the roof yeah like he threw it up on the roof to try to hide it it's
1: a weird place to search right well i know and actually it's a good I didn't, place to hide a knife <laughs>
0: yeah i didn't state this earlier but they also searched that like before they figured out that douglas was like a suspect or anything and looked at his house they searched the roof of the rectory so they already knew to like look for something
1: maybe these are like short houses
0: i'm pretty sure this is probably just a common thing like it's like known to detectives like yeah, search the roof people throw shit up there all the time well
1: remember the one guy threw his clothes into the branches (laughs) yeah like people
0: think like oh you won't look up
1: (laughs) yeah no one ever looks up which is true for me
0: yeah me too but we're not detectives that's true these guys were and they were like let's search the roof and they find a knife and it was seven and a half inches long with a with a chrome blade and a plastic handle. So it was like your typical like... Kitchen knife. Yeah, kitchen knife. So obviously the detectives get a warrant to search his room. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. So fuck you, Douglas. We don't need your permission. Yeah,
0: we're going in. And they find like bloody socks and a bloody towel and all kinds of blood in there. And they also find a small eyelet screw on his bed, which had been pulled out of the cross found at the crime scene. And the lanyard that goes with the cross was also in his room. And I guess these crosses were given out at a church event, or like many members of the church had these crosses given to them. Mm -hmm. So it's likely that he was wearing it, and perhaps like the screw fell out in his bed in his sleep or something, and Mm -hmm. then when he went and did the murder in, the cross fell off, and he still had his lanyard and the screw, but the cross is at the crime scene. That's unfortunate events for this guy.
1: Well, yeah. I'm just thinking like as a priest, could you imagine being murdered by a guy wearing like a lanyard crucifix?
0: No, that you knew like he was a member of the church
1: that's scary
0: yeah that would be fucking terrifying douglas's grandma also lived with him in the house and she claims that he had been acting strange the days leading up to the murders she found him laying in his bed with a knife in his hand and when she questioned him he just said don't worry grandma i'll put it back and that's it that's all that happens no one was like "Mm, i think that we should get you some mental help like what Are you taking your medicines? Like, I have so many questions. Please
1: don't put that knife back. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Let's hide all the knives.
1: Yeah, that too. But, like, did they check his butcher block afterward? Uh, Or the butcher block and just find one bloody ass fucking knife? I read. Because he put it back?
0: (laughs) No, no, it was on on the roof. roof yeah i read that there were three missing knives from the butcher block in the rectory but they never say that this knife was from the rectory or from his house but i'm assuming it was his house
1: interesting i never
0: read you know which was or if i did i didn't remember and i didn't highlight it so i didn't
1: was the priest's sandwich cut because only monsters don't cut their sandwiches for sure so maybe he was holding but he was
0: old Old mm. people don't really cut their sandwiches.
1: I feel like they do, though. They no, don't want to work no. on all that crust. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're all about like my sandwich is made and I will eat it now. They're not about making it convenient. You know, they I grew don't up know, in a man. time where they didn't have shoes.
1: He was excited about spreadsheets. I feel like this guy had a zest for life and cut sandwiches. <laughs> Perhaps he did,
0: <laughs> but I feel like he didn't cut it.
1: Well, but maybe, maybe he was gonna. Maybe, maybe he, he had a had knife it in, his in his hand. hand.
0: Maybe. I like how we just figure that one out together.
1: Yeah, detectives. Who said I wasn't a detective? You, huh?
0: Anyway, so yeah, dude was being creepy. Shit was going down. His whole family saw red cards. I guess hindsight, but still, red cards. What I say? Red oh. cards. Red cards.
1: Yeah, this whole family saw red cards.
0: Oh, yeah, they saw a red flags. <laughs> dude, I do that so much.
1: Just because your husband plays soccer now.
0: I can- <laughs> <laughs> Right, I get so close to the right word. <laughs>
1: True. <laughs> Enough that you could figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I know what you meant.
0: (laughs) Yep, exactly. So the autopsy comes back, and both of the priests had died from bleeding to death from the stab wounds. Surprise, surprise. Poor guys. I know. It's so sad. The detectives interview the neighbors of Douglas. And one of the neighbors claims that he was working in his yard that same day, yesterday to them. Mm-hmm. He was working in his yard and that Douglas stopped by and asked to borrow some gas so that he can mow the lawn. And then a few minutes later, that neighbor's wife says that she saw him. She was like upstairs looking out the window and she saw Douglas in the backyard carrying a gym bag to behind a shed in his yard. And then he douses it in gas and starts it on fire like he's burning evidence. He's burning oh, his clothes, his murdering clothes. She...
1: Well, I thought they were in the wash
0: i thought so too so i don't know what was in all all in that bag because it's ash now it burns yeah spoiler alert he caught it on fire but there were like buttons and zippers and shit but he's also schizophrenic so maybe he just grabbed a bunch of clothes too and was like i'm gonna fucking burn these yeah but the neighbor sees this fire going on and she yells at them like or yells at him to put out the fire and he's like all right and he puts it out he puts like a uh wheelbarrow over it oh to like smother the fire yeah so like i said the detectives go and look and they find they they find 40 items in the burn area mm-hmm. and in that where the buttons the metal buttons and the zipper and a bunch of burn cloth so they're suspecting clothes maybe rags to clean up the mess i don't know mm. so january 7th a hearing is held so this is the next year a couple months later right yeah i'm sure they held him in prison or wherever
1: hopefully Okay, sounds a little bit off kilter
0: Yeah, like a little bit of a danger to society. Yeah, menace, some might say. Dennis the Menace? Douglas the Menace?
1: Douglas the Menace?
0: Did we just find our title? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They have the hearing for the murders, and Douglas pleads not guilty by reason of insanity. So the doctors examine him, and they deem him inarguably, incurably insane on August 7th, 1996, when he stabbed the two priests. They're like, he's not fucking faking it. No one's lying about it. This dude is fucking schizophrenic to the max. Yeah. What was it? Psychopathic schizophrenia or something like that? It's a good band name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, wow. I really jumped the gun there and fucking judged. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Douglas claims on the 7th, before all the murders went down, he was being treated by his doctor in the office for the asthma Mm -hmm. and he saw a folder with the number one on it in the office. And he interpreted that as a sign that he had to kill someone by 1 p.m. that day. And he claims that he had visions of vampires and werewolves which were telling him that he needed to kill for two years now. Like, you need to kill someone or you're going to be killed. And so that day in the office, he saw that folder and he was like, I have to kill today by 1 p.m. Jesus. He goes into the bathroom of the office and he says he sees the devil or an evil spirit in the mirror. So he claims his heart began to race and that his doctor was acting funny and was just going along with what was happening to him. Whatever the fuck that means. So he's getting paranoid now. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that this is going on and that I have to kill someone and you're all just going along with it. No one's helping me. hmm He knew that his victim couldn't be a woman or a baby. He doesn't explain why, but I guess he had some morals. I mean, at least he doesn't kill babies. Yeah, there's that. So after leaving the doctor's office, he drove around looking for a victim. He watched a man at a park who had two little girls with him, and he was going to kill him, but he was like, I can't do it because of the two little girls. Thank God. Yeah, so he drives to the rectory. He rings the bell, and Reverend Sheets answers the door. Douglas said that he needs to talk, like need you to hear my confession and immediately he just starts stabbing the priest and that it was at 12 35 p.m that this happened oh and he noted that because he had his 1 p.m deadline so he had minutes before he had to kill somebody so it was like a last second i know the priest will be there and i'll kill him jeez yep during all of this reverend stovic comes out because there was all this fucking ruckus and noise and so douglas begins attacking him and douglas looks back while he's attacking reverend stovic and sees that father sheets is reaching for the phone and so he goes back to start stabbing father sheets more so that's how the phone got like knocked off the hook
1: oh that's so sad
0: yeah and he said that he felt relief after killing them because he knew he wasn't going to be killed and he had just saved his own life is what he says so yeah, but you
1: took two others like isn't yours right? worth
0: no but he was so in this like altered state of mind that he really believed that he just like fought for his life isn't that fucked up
1: i mean i i I don't get that, but I get that. But at the same time, like, can't you sacrifice yourself for the life of two other people?
0: You would think. But, yeah. I mean, this guy has, like, no. I know. Yeah,
1: it's hard, right? Mental illness. Yeah. That sucks.
0: So, March 19th, 1997, they held a hearing where Douglas was sentenced to one day to life commitment in a Colorado mental health institute.
1: One day to life. One so day like, to life. he could get better tomorrow and be fine and be out? yeah. Better, quote unquote. Yep. So
0: in October 2005, he was doing well enough that he was permitted to spend time away from the Mental Health Institute. Uh huh. And then in December of 2005, he visited his home which was across the street from the fucking rectory where he committed all these crimes. Yeah. His schizophrenia was in full remission and under control with, like, strict medical regimen. As long as he took his medicine, then he was fine. Yeah. And, like, when the neighborhood found out that he had come to visit this house, they were, like, kind of pissed. they all, Yeah, they all agree that he was, like, mentally insane and, like, your charge of one day to life or whatever is fitting as long as you can help him. Like, we understand this is terrifying, but, like, we don't hate him. Obviously, he didn't do this in a good state of mind, right? Like, they're understanding. But they're also like, but
1: can you tell us if he...
0: Can you back. give me,
1: like, a week warning so I can go on vacation? A little
0: heads up that he's going to be in town.
1: So I can lock my doors.
0: Right. So September 2007, Douglas had successfully completed all of the mental health programs in this little organization. Uh-huh. And after 11 years and 7 months, he was released to a halfway house.
1: What? Yep.
0: But I think he moved somewhere else in Colorado. Not even in Utah. He moved somewhere else to get out of the community
1: yeah i mean he had to
0: oh uh, for sure have been
1: like yeah you can have a job for I'll sure i'll work side by side with you
0: and i guess he's like allowed to be out but he has to be like checked that he's taking his medication so it's almost like a probation like he can live wherever but like literally they draw his blood and make sure that he's still taking his medication to make sure that everything's fucking yeah kosher <laughs>
1: which you would think that he would because like as a person i don't want to murder anyone and yeah so hopefully like as a medicated person he, he doesn't feels the same.
0: i find it more weird that also he thought vampires and werewolves were talking to him like why is this a common theme with people who do the murdering
1: maybe it's just the most common monster that people think of
0: yeah anyway
1: well, god damn yeah that's a crazy one
0: right yeah it's sad one that was really sad
1: all right you ready for my story
0: i'm ready for it
1: Okay, so my case. Uh huh. As Aaron.
0: Yes, Aaron, tell me about your case. <laughs> <laughs> I will, prompted. thank you.
1: I chose one a little bit close to home.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: In Carlsbad, California. Ooh,
0: that's way too close to home.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this is about Diana Lovejoy and Weldon McDavid Jr.
0: Wow, that's a lot of names.
1: I know. We're going to call them Diana and Weldon.
0: I see what you did there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. Oh, his first name is Weldon? Yeah, isn't that weird? Oh,
1: I kind of like it. In the summer of 2014. Ooh, that's recent. Yeah. Diana Lovejoy and her husband, Greg Mulville, split up and Diana was like, he sexually abused me. Of course. Yeah. and Although I
0: shouldn't say that because if he really did, that's fucked up.
1: Yeah. And she also claimed that he sexually abused her infant son, Ew. their infant son.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Is this going to be one I really don't like? Nope
1: okay so they go to court for custody of the kid or whatever and he's like obviously she's claiming all of these things or accusing him of all the sexual abuse and stuff and so he gets mandated supervised visits uh-huh that seems like a safe alternative
0: like yeah we don't yeah. know for sure
1: we don't know if there was any truth to these allegations so as of right now he gets supervised visits and the, you know whatever yeah. but then there was an investigation into it and it proved all the allegations false and so he got shared custody
0: okay cool what a bitch.
1: Yeah. And then in the summer of 2016, so two years later, there was a long drawn out court battle and legal battle because of all those allegations and things and the custody of their son. And they were awarded shared custody because he didn't do anything wrong Wrong that she had said or whatever. So they were awarded shared custody and he was actually granted $120,000 from God her. Damn. So she had to sell her property and it was like in escrow or whatever. Uh-huh. And so she was going to have to be making that payment. Well, Diana met a man named Weldon McDavid mm-hmm. at a gun range where he worked. We're all love blossoms. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> like you guessed, Weldon was married, but they ended up having an affair.
0: Oh, shit. What was she doing at a gun range?
1: Learning how to shoot. Bum, 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 bum.
0: Goddamn, this lady's crazy. This is why you don't stick your dick in crazy.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so weldon also installed a security system on her home for her and she had told him all about the alleged abuse and stuff so he was kind of like obviously on her side with all of this yeah he's like we can get this bastard yeah and
0: side note this is our friend mike in like 20 years mike if you're listening this is you you have a mullet
1: (laughs) well let's hope it's not mike
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay let's see where the story takes us
1: so Diana had told Weldon about all this allegations and abuse and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So they concocted a little plan. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And Weldon told Diana to buy a burner phone.
0: Oh, shit. This isn't a good plan already.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what year is it? Yeah. <laughs> and he called Greg. On September 1st, 2016, at 11 p.m., Greg was lured to a dark trail off of avenida soledad if you know where that is at 11 p.m yeah weldon called greg from the burner phone and said that he had evidence of the sexual abuse against diana Uh uh-huh and said that he was gonna leave it on a pole in this like dirt trail what evidence did he have of sexual abuse he just told him that he had this evidence and was like i'm gonna put it on this pole in this dirt path basically to lure greg out Into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. To go get this quote unquote evidence. Okay. Well, there was no evidence. Oh. So, Weldon is the guy that called Greg. Uh Uh-huh. His thought process behind getting him out there, like luring him out to this dark path or whatever, was that if that sketchy of a phone call is enough to get him into a dark path in the middle of the night, then he must be guilty of something
0: oh okay which a little bit of a jump but i see this man he works at a gun range he has a mullet in my mind (laughs) (laughs) he has surveillance cameras he's a little out there yeah he's a little paranoid
1: yeah so greg shows up to the spot with a friend because like don't do that shit alone right for sure and he's armed with a baseball bat and what they called a bicycle light Oh. I don't know what that means. I I feel like it's like one of those headlamps. (laughs) Oh. I hope so. It's not because he was holding it. Oh. But I imagine it's like a flashlight maybe.
0: Yeah. I wish. I'm going to imagine it's a headlamp in my mind.
1: You can't. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So Greg was shining the light around looking for like whoever placed whatever yeah. or wherever anything is.
0: He could do that with his head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he shined his light on... Weldon, who is laying in the bushes dressed in camo, pointing a long-barreled gun at him.
0: What the actual fuck?
1: Yeah. So then Weldon...
0: What if somebody's just out there walking the trail? Hopefully they don't see him. Oh my god, that's fucking creepy. Yeah. Don't walk trails at night because there might be like camo dudes hiding with guns.
1: Fucking terrifying, right? Yeah. Could you imagine just coming across that? No. Oh. So then Weldon shoots Greg <gasps> under his armpit and the shot went out his back. So oh. basically like in the Chestel region. Yeah chestle <laughs> <laughs> they said side so i'm assuming it goes in the side like it hit
0: his chesticles <laughs> his,
1: yeah right in his chesticles uh-huh. and according to weldon he was trying to shoot out the light so it uh, couldn't have been on his head
0: <laughs> i mean if it were a headshot that would have been a <laughs> good excuse
1: <laughs> was trying to shoot out the light that greg was holding because he was afraid that greg had a gun
0: Oh. Bucking. Really Really. nice excuse. Was the light, like, under his armpit or something?
1: He was probably holding it, like, here. Uh,
0: Oh. At, like, your your chest length? Yeah. Sorry.
1: Here? You guys can't see. Yeah. My arm is bent. (laughs) (laughs) As if I were holding a flashlight. As if (laughs) I were holding a flashlight. (laughs) But also, you're shooting out this light because you're afraid that someone else has a gun? That's not why
0: you're doing it. This is
1: coming from the guy with a gun?
0: You're doing it, you're saying that because you're a terrible shot and you didn't actually shoot him where you wanted to.
1: Well, he said. Or maybe he
0: wanted the armpit.
1: He said that if his intention had been to kill greg he could have easily done so as he was a good shot and he worked at a gun store and stuff but not good
0: enough to hit a flashlight
1: he said that (laughs) it was an accuracy error (laughs) (laughs) quote unquote
0: yeah because you suck
1: yeah well greg didn't die though
0: yeah well it didn't sound fatal
1: armpit shots don't sound fatal to you no there's
0: (laughs) there's no important organs there (laughs) they're close
1: (laughs) that's true shot my nipple clean off
0: (laughs) (laughs) dude that sounds painful though to get shot in the fucking armpit
1: yeah i mean i feel like being shot sounds painful i don't care where it is true
0: true very true but, like, what would you do? You'd be like, ah, oh, my fucking armpit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's exactly sh- what I would do. Should you shoot me in the armpit? <laughs> and then I would clamp my hand over it like I was going to make the far- armpit fart sound. Yep. And then I'd run away. So, he <laughs> did. That <laughs> and <he> escaped. <laughs> uh. So, Greg escapes, goes to the cops, whatever. Yeah. And the police were able to get information from Greg and his phone and were able to track the call that Weldon had made yeah so okay I don't really get this part because it was a burner phone Uh so I'm not sure how they how they know that that was Weldon but
0: well burner phone isn't that they can't track it it's just that you throw it away after you use it
1: yeah but how do they it's not registered to you it's like a prepaid yeah well maybe they tracked it
0: to like okay no one buys these fucking phones (laughs) and this one comes from Walmart specifically oh it looks like they sold one on Thursday
1: yeah (laughs) who'd they
0: sell it to fucking weldon <laughs>
1: and that could very well be how yeah how they got it but then weldon was arrested a week after the shooting he was pulled over while he was driving near his home and they brought him in to question him
0: where so they were already looking for him yeah when they pulled him over yeah
1: they were like we got a bolo yeah for this guy <laughs> <laughs> so then they asked him for his whereabouts on september 1st between 8 p.m and midnight mm-hmm. and he said no Uh and then he said you guys are trying to accuse me and they were like no we're not man we're just you know wondering where you've been at
0: yeah and just a friendly conversation
1: yeah and i guess he gave short answers and then they were like is there any reason that your dna might show up at the scene of the crime In the area, and he said, I don't even know where the area is.
0: Never seen that shit before in my life. I don't even know what a trail is.
1: You just said, never even seen that shit before in my life. Just remember that sentence. (laughs) Okay. So then they show him a map of the area, and they're like, this is the area. And he was like, I don't even know where that is.
0: Was that. Are they going to find his shit? Yes. (laughs) This is why you chose this case. Yes. (laughs) So. oh my god <laughs> spoiler alert uh, yeah uh. this is how i would get caught being a murderer me too <laughs> like i have to shit Especially i'm hiding, hiding.
1: Yes. <laughs> like as soon as you start like yeah. hide and seek you're like oh shit <laughs> i've got a poop
0: <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> this podcast has a lot of poop in it today yeah this episode
1: um so they brought out the map and they showed him the area and he's like, I don't know I don't even know that place. Yeah. Y'all are crazy. Uh-huh. And they were like, Alright, this isn't going anywhere. Let's just ask the nitty gritty. <laughs> so he <laughs> says. The police say, Have you ever taken a dump out there in the woods? <laughs> like a shit? Uh- I'm being serious right now. That's all a quote. <laughs> oh, my God. If I'm ever on trial
0: for murder, <laughs> I hope somebody asked me that in those words. <laughs> you ever taken a dump in the woods?
1: He said, like, a shit. <laughs> and so Weldon is like, I know what you're talking about now. That's what he says. Like, oh. Oh, oh I know.
0: Oh, that DNA.
1: <laughs> now I know what you're talking about.
0: That DNA.
1: Yeah. So, they're like, "You do?" And he's like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Okay, well, why don't you go ahead and explain that to us?" And he said, "I was on a dirt road just running along, then I did have to shit." <laughs> and they're like, "That explains it." Yeah. That's a quote. <laughs> that explains that explains it. <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> Oh, mystery solved. So they're like, "Where'd you start your run from?" And he said, "I'm not even sure because I parked my Jeep and and kind of trails off." And they're like, "You're saying September 1st, you went for a run like in this exact fucking area that you didn't you just said, you said you'd you've never, never seen, seen before." before. Yeah. yeah. That part was all implied. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm improvising what they wanted to say. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we're all thinking it. Mhm.
1: And he was like, yeah, that's where, yeah, because I did take a shit there. I was feeling really bad, and I, it was a short run because I got lost. After <laughs> I shit, I went back to my Jeep. <laughs> I'm not sure what street it was on. <laughs> Listen,
0: we've all been out and about and got the sweaty poos where you just don't feel good, and it needs to come out immediately. But if that happens when you're planning a murder murdering spree, you call it a fucking night.
1: Listen... From here to Arizona, my <laughs> shit is scattered along the highway. <laughs> like, if anyone uh, finds a body uh, out there, they're going to be, like, <laughs> "Come questioning me. You have shat on the side of
0: the road so many road trips.
1: <laughs> I just, Your DNA is everywhere. I know. Every
0: possible crime scene.
1: Yeah. And so the have always, like, like,
0: date that shit. Carbon date that shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's petrified poop. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Can you imagine being the detective that comes across that pile of shit? Like, what Where, like, he thinking? Like, bag it up.
1: That's a big-ass dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's a carl says shit. Oh, my God. Because like, you know it doesn't, like, perfectly pile. It's well, a turd. It's a log. Sometimes they do. So.
0: <laughs> I guess it's true. We don't know the consistency of the yeah. shit.
1: Also, if he was nervous or anything, like, the nervous poos are different.
0: Yeah, those are different. So. They're, like, a special kind of different.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those could, I I think those could do a nice little soft serve. For for
0: (laughs) sure you are, like, the lowest man on the totem pole if you have to bag that up for evidence.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, who was walking by and was like, is that shit? (laughs) Should we look at that? Is that our perp
0: shit? (laughs) I feel like also there would be, like, perfect footprints for, like, the crouch position that you could take, like... (laughs) Let me
1: see your shoes. (laughs) So... The police try to get him to point out where his Jeep was parked, but he was unsure of the street names. And the police actually believe him because they believe that Diana had driven him to the spot and oh. like, been an accomplice in this whole thing. Diana's aunt also testifies that a year prior to the shooting, Diana had asked her if she knew anyone who would scare or kill Greg. Shit. Yeah. Oh
0: my God why is she so crazy well bitches be (laughs) cry. bitches be cry.
1: on october 2017 weldon went on trial for attempted murder and received 50 years in prison and diana received 26 years to life damn she chose not to testify in her trial but also like i think she regretted that afterward because she said that she believed she had no voice and the judge was like you said you had no voice that's your choice Oh,
0: that rhymed. But also, how did they know that she was driving? Obviously, his motive would be her. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Like twenty six years seems like a lot for someone who might not have been involved. But now that I think about it, she was totally involved. She was for sure involved. Yeah,
1: she was the one that was telling him all about the alleged abuse and all that stuff.
0: And plus, like, top onto like this nasty divorce. Yeah, they all have like access to that. seeing like she's crazy and like alleging all this nutso shit
1: also she fainted after the verdict for on her
0: like for real or did she fake it
1: yeah it was real i watched it
0: really yeah
1: she like head slammed down into the table, and then they like leaned her back, and her eyes were all open, and she was just like staring at nothing and not blinking, and like not moving, and her head was all lolling and stuff. And they why got did her, she faint? Got her to the ground because she just got twenty six years to life. Shit in prison seems like a weird
0: reaction, but I guess I've never gotten that and had to weigh the reality of it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I could see it like stress mixed with like yeah, like I don't know the reality fucking hitting you that yeah. you've just thrown your entire life away.
0: God, that's crazy.
1: So the police believe that the motive was that the $120,000 payment that Greg was owed from Diana.
0: Oh, yeah. She didn't want to pay it out?
1: Yeah. And it was due in three weeks. Oh, shit. So she's like, them. we got to do something now. Yeah. So she's like, well, I'm going to figure this shit out.
0: Dude, lucky Greg for not dying. My Seriously?
1: God. Yeah. He literally. No. Nope. He didn't dodge a bullet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: You picked up what I was putting down there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Diana said in regards to the trial she said that she hopes quote the higher reality of what we intended to do comes out and i believe it will someday
0: what does that mean who fucking knows what is your higher reality uh, Are well, you a dick
1: she <laughs> she <laughs> we all figured it out she didn't specify what the higher reality was but also what did you intend to do yeah what do you mean the higher reality of what we intended yeah. to do yeah 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 no well, you intended to kill him we're all on
0: board with that we get it and you're an asshole yeah we're, we're there we figured what do you mean it out about higher reality yeah like she's just fucking insane yeah yeah the reality is you're an asshole yeah essentially what do you think in her mind okay put yourself in this lady's shoes do you think she really thought that he was like sexually abusing this kid or do you think it was extortion and she knew it was extortion
1: well the first time that she claimed the sexual abuse the kid would have been under a year old
0: how the fuck would you know that unless you walked in on it
1: yeah And then, if you're
0: producing fake evidence on it, that's weird.
1: That's real weird. So,
0: I think it was extortion.
1: Yeah, I think it was extortion. Or, I think it was a mom not wanting to lose her kid or have to share custody of her kid, or maybe a lady just trying to be vindictive and not let a dad be a part of the life. Be a part of its life.
0: Moms are fucking crazy when it comes to that.
1: Yeah because I feel like
0: in my world I'd be that same way I wouldn't do that obviously but I wouldn't want to lose I wouldn't want to share custody of my kid just because like I want my kid but also you can't do that to your kid yeah or your ex like they deserve each other and like they helped yeah. make this kid
1: they deserve that relationship yeah. just as much as you and your kid do. but as a
0: mom you're like i fucking literally made you
1: yeah <laughs> you yeah. are
0: mine yeah <laughs> but that's not how this works that's not how any of this works
1: <laughs> no <laughs> no you
0: don't get to do that
1: you can't punish your kid just because the relationship didn't work out between you no and because daddy. you
0: guys are fucked hard and couldn't figure it out no yeah. you don't
1: do that yeah
0: i guess you're not fucked hard. sometimes that just doesn't work out but sometimes in this scenario yeah she sounds like a fucktard
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah she sounds like a crazy person so yeah 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 yeah, yeah but that was uh, that was pretty much it and i was just real intrigued by the whole
0: poop that's crazy scenario. oh my god that's my favorite this might be one of my favorites because of the poop story
1: <laughs> yeah so actually no one dies in my story <laughs>
0: i like that yeah well listen this this isn't supposed to be all about murder
1: no oh i wonder weldon's wife
0: oh yeah because it was
1: married <gasps> yeah.
0: So she obviously found out.
1: Yeah. That that her husband had been unfaithful.
0: Yeah. And what was happening that night that he was like out on the trails? Was she like, okay, bye. Go drink with your friends or something. Uh,
1: maybe. I don't know.
0: In your camo with your gun.
1: Yeah. And then the um Greg, like he just stayed and listened to Diana's trial or whatever and then left immediately after. was like, all right, I'm done here. Bye. Peace out, lady.
0: Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That poor kid. Yeah wonder when he's going to find that shit out.
1: I don't know, man. Like, your
0: mom shot me in the armpit. Well, her boyfriend shot me in the armpit.
1: Yeah, her sometimes boyfriend. Yeah. Why? Because she didn't want to pay me a lot of money for you. Yeah. Because hmm. she wanted to keep you. <laughs> all You're welcome, herself. son.
0: Creepy. Saved well, goddamn.
1: I said goddamn. Love it. All right. What do we have to say?
0: Well, first of all, we need to take care of business because we did not shout out Tiffany's goddamn <gasps> last week. We, we did. Forgot
1: it. It felt so bad.
0: Yeah, you guys send us your goddams to isgdpodcast at gmail.com and we will play them. And we have one here from Tiffany. All You're
1: right, fine. Tiff, let's hear it.
0: Goddamn.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good one. That makes me miss her. She's our friend. <laughs> yeah, she is. We're still getting pity, goddams.
1: Yeah, so send us yours.
0: Yeah, we'd love to hear them. Hey, Norway, we know you're still listening. Yeah. Where the the fuck's our goddamn? Come
1: on, dude or lady. Yeah. (gasps) We got a P.O. box and I check it all the time. I'm looking for junk mail. I'm looking for anything. Yeah, you
0: guys snail mail us. We would fucking love that.
1: I would I'm gonna scream in the in the post office and then they're (laughs) gonna be like, (laughs) ma'am. (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry. Is it
0: a bob? (laughs) And you'll be like, no, it's a letter. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's our first letter. It
0: is PO Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. And you can find that on our website also at isgdpodcast.com.
1: Also, if you're not a fan of snail mail, which I feel like everybody should write a letter longhand every once in a while. But if you're not a fan of that, you can talk to us on twitter at isgd podcast or on facebook and we will totally respond because we want to so yeah we want to talk to you guys leave us a review
0: on itunes and screenshot it and send it to us and we will mail you some stickers and even if you don't do all that jazz and you just leave a review for sure we're going to talk about it on this podcast <laughs> that is very true speaking of awesome people who have left us itunes review i wanted to shout out to glenn Think stuff podcast He's been really awesome and like active on Twitter and really funny, too. He is really (laughs) funny. So you guys go check out his podcast. He left us a really, really, really nice review, too. So thanks, Glenn. We love you. Thanks, Glenn. Keep thinking that weird shit. (laughs) Another quick shout out to Ellie France 123, who left us a very nice review as well. You guys are fucking awesome. Keep it up. And we appreciate them. And we read them and we squeal about them. And we reread them and we re-squeal about them.
1: And we screenshot them and send them to each other, usually about the same time.
0: They literally mean the world to us. So please, go leave some reviews.
1: They make our day. Yes.
0: Okay, and now the moment everybody has been waiting for. It's time to draw the winner for the Creepy Crate. All right, let's pull the names. Moment of fucking truth. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. That's my drum roll, and Carl didn't like it. I was going to say, can I get a drum roll?
1: You got it. All right, all right. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. What's it going to be? The suspense. It is going to be Casey Haley. (gasps) Woo!
0: Dude, that's fucking awesome. She's going to be so stoked. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she is. Hank got super excited that I was yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Casey, I literally threw my arms up in the air and did a silent scream because I didn't want to wake up Aaron's baby. (laughs) And then
1: my dog ran over and nearly...
0: Knocked my whole mic set over. I nearly <laughs>
1: turned off the entire podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how fucking excited we are.
1: Yay, congratulations, Yay! girl!
0: Okay, Casey, we're going to reach out to you and get your information so that we can get you that creepy
1: crate. Whoop! Congratulations! Woo! Hope you love it, because they're awesome. Yeah, they're super awesome. Bye! Later, losers. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're all caught up on our podcast... Stick around for this promo from one of our favorites. Hello, friends. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Have you ever wondered if Jenny's head really did fall off when they removed the green ribbon? Or if aliens are hiding in the tails of comets waiting to take us away? Or if there's any scientific basis to the Ouija board? Well, then don't risk your search history and join us each Thursday as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all these questionable on theory. For links to where you can stream episodes and see blog posts on the subjects we cover, head over to our website, theladiesestrange.com. Keep it strange, and pleasant.